week? Uh, it was interesting, to say the least. Um, I have a new title. Want to guess what that is? Lord Dumbass. I am a lord, nonetheless. I might be Lord Dumbass, but I am a holder, and not in the United States, in Scotland. And I own one square foot inch. One square foot inch? I mean, one square foot. <laughs> it's okay, this isn't a math podcast. We know nothing about math and geography, so we're good. It's okay, I measured, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a Lego castle. And so I get my GPS coordinates and I go to Scotland, I'm going to actually put a mini castle on Scotland. And nobody can tell you any different, because that's your one I'm square foot I am, inch. I am a Lord J. Taylor Wolfberg. Okie dokie, then. I declareth. You declareth? I declareth. <laughs> so, drinking anything in particular today? Um, actually, um, hopefully it will be one of our sponsors at some point, is Pub Dog, um, out here in Colorado. So I have blackberry-infused vodka with Sprite. That sounds yummy. I'm, um, drinking a bottle from my Wink box. Wink, we, we would like your subscription, you know, you can be our sponsor too, that's cool. I forgot the word for a minute, but it's a bottle of Love Me Not Rosé. It's delicious. So, this week is Paranormal, one of my favorites. So, what are we doing this week for our Paranormal? Well, I'll let you pick this week. So, we came up with some crazy craziness that I was not even sure what to type into Google for this, okay? You gave me Haunted Campgrounds. That's right, I did pick it. But you wait until I was drunk so I could pick it then. Yes, because that is the best time to get you to pick things. That's right. So we have a couple of different stories, and I don't think we've actually mentioned each other's topics this week. So hopefully it's not the first time. Oh, there is no way you picked this. My story is just like, oh my god. There's no way you came up with this from creepy campgrounds, because mine isn't really a campground story, but it's something that happens in the woods. So I figured that was close enough. Uh, underage drinking and sex? Uh, that happens <laughs> in the woods too, but that's not where my story goes. That's where my story goes. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> first last and week? I've broken her. <laughs> you did not break me. I was just wondering who, I was trying to figure out who went first last week. Um, actually. You did. You did. With our creepy little sister. So, I guess it's my turn to go first. It is. Okay. All right. Booze and ghouls. Yeah. You like that one. Ha ha. Booze and ghouls. Kind of like boys and girls. Yeah. If you got to explain it, it's not funny, Jess. (laughs) And this is why we heard crickets from the Jace's side. (laughs) I'm going to. At a point. (laughs) Break, Jess. Drink. <laughs> okay. Now she's gonna tell you her uh, her story that apparently of something that happens in the woods. I have got a doozy of a story today. I want to apologize now for the massive rabbit hole I fell down on this one. I mean, the sheer length of this story took me forever to compact into something to fit on this podcast. I could write a book about this with all the stuff I found. I swear, and that's saying something. Because there are books written about it. When I asked you what topic we should cover on Paranormal and you answered creepy campgrounds, I tried my damnedest to comply with this. 
and found nothing but haunted campsites after running into too many ads for haunting camping attractions. That was a thing that happened. Yes, a lot. So I sat there staring at my computer thinking, what about camping would truly terrify me? And it dawned on me it was not the thought of ghosts or disembodied voices. But rather, if there was something in the woods, a creature ready to gobble me up at a moment's notice. And living in Michigan, just a car rides away from Canada, this creature I found honestly terrified me. You want to guess what the creature is? What? Guess! A goose? A goose? I don't really? know, geese goose. sound really creepy. I'm, so I'm seriously, terrified like... of geese. I am terrified of geese. But they... that's a story for another day. They are horrible, so I don't know, like, if I'm in a forest, the last thing, or a rabid squirrel. Rabid squirrel. No, that's just my daughter. But, I mean, well, I mean, wait, your daughter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Riley's a rabid squirrel. I thought that was more Mikey. Eh. Hmm. No. What is the creature? The Wendigo. What is the Wendigo? Alright. Before I get into exactly what it is, let me start, kind of back up a little bit and let you know about the background of the creature there's different stories and they all revolve around this the loose definition of wendigo is the evil spirit that devours mankind no matter how many different ways it's spelled by many tribes interpretations because this creature or evil spirit came from first nation folklore near the great lakes of the u.s and eastern coast of canada including the algonquin ojibwe eastern cree Nascope and Inu people, and they're all freaking terrified of this thing. That thing sounds horrible. A Wendigo is created when a human being feels either forced or, in some cases, compelled to commit the greatest taboo act of all of them and resorts to cannibalism. Stories associated with this are normally in the cold northern winters when natives and settlers alike could become stranded for days or weeks at a time and survived off of cannibalizing their dead or dying party members. One infamous story is of a Cree tribesman in the 1800s named Swift River who ate his entire family despite living within 25 miles or 40 kilometers for those non-U.S. people listening from his nearest supply post. Like, this dude was within 25 miles of what could then be considered, like, a grocery store and still ate his family. Wow. Now that we know why, let's get into what. Like, what does this creature look like? According to many reports, it appears as a large, like, many times larger than your average man. Like, standing 12 to 15 feet tall. Jesus. That is huge. And its figure is like got this ashen gray skin stretched across its skeleton. Like there's no meat on his bones. It's just skeleton with like gray skin stretched across it. God. Its eyes glow but like an owl's when the light hits them. But they're so sunken back in their head that you have to like be right up on it to see it. Which is kind of freaking terrifying if you think about it, because you could be, like, face-to-face with this thing and not realize it, and it just, like, opens his eyes, and it's just like, ah! Um, sounds like my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> to be honest. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I would lean over, and she'd just be staring at me, you know, like, creepily. 
like there was once she actually fell asleep with her eyes open. I think I slept on the couch that night. I was not. We were. I think I would have had a priest come over that night. We we weren't doing that. I would have been like, uh, it's okay. Calling the priest. Uh oh. So how did this thing like? Hold up! Hold up! Back up a minute! Back up a minute! (laughs) I'm not done. It's got the sunken eyes. And it, like, has been described as either having no lips or lips that are, like, so stretched that they're splitting and its mouth is always bloody. Oh, wow. And it smells like decay. Like, it smells like a dead fucking body. So they're smelly and they're creepy. And where do they haunt, typically? Um, towards the Great Lake regions of the U.S., like, up on the northern border of the U.S. Um, there's been reports as far out as Washington, but usually they're towards Minnesota, Michigan, that area, around the Great Lakes, and the eastern coast of Canada, like, Nova Scotia, and other places there, I don't know, because I I don't know Canada. Yeah, we all want to go to Canada because of healthcare. Canada is a magical, mystical, magical, mystical fairy place, according to my husband. Um, I'm down for going to Canada, honestly, especially the way we're going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying yay or nay. I'm just saying Canada sounds pretty swell. <laughs> but, um, I found two different tribes. Definitely, like their description of this creature based on their specific tribe. The Algon- the Algonquins say it's a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. The body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. What do you mean missing their toes? Well, this creature is made from someone who's been out in the cold and ate people. So I'm guessing like frostbite. You know, missing toes and... Hmm. Just toes. Just toes. <laughs> Another tribe, the Ojibwe, say it's a large creature as tall as a tree with a lipless, deformed mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath is a strange hiss. Its footprints full of blood. And it will eat any man, woman, and child who venture into its territory. And those are the lucky ones. Sometimes the Wendigo chooses instead to possess a person. Then that luckless individual becomes a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he had once loved and feasting on their flesh. Oh my god. Like, what the fuck? You're not safe even if you get away from it, because it can just, like, show up in your dreams and be, like, possessed, and now you're a Wendigo. And then you're eating your family that you were moments ago having. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, I don't even think my family would be all that tasty, to be honest. (laughs) just saying like I mean seriously like my evil stepmother I mean she totally is skinny as hell I mean why I mean we're not getting into your evil stepmother I mean she wouldn't be worth anything roasted just saying yeah she's she's too skinny you know you need some fat on the bones to kind of give it that slow broil like a roast exactly and this is where the FBI cuts us off. <laughs> Hi. So, 
as I mentioned before, I went to crazy town on this. I found some recent stories and accounts that span across the entire U.S. in many wooded areas and national forests. And whereas it not being impossible, but it's improbable that they would have been further down in the U.S. I mean, it's not impossible that these could have, but it's more improbable because further down in the U.S. it doesn't get as cold and these are supposed to be like creatures made, like have hearts of ice. Right. So what comes to mind is like the Game of Thrones, like zombie guys. The White Walkers. The White Walkers. Like with super elongated limbs and their flesh falling off and they smell like a dead fucking body. It's fine. If you run run into this in the woods, I'm sure it'll be just fine. I mean, just act, you know, what's, what's the thing if you run into a bear? You're supposed to, like, just freeze and not run. So, like, I'm sure you'll be No, it doesn't work for the Wendigo. The Wendigo (laughs) knows every inch of its territory, and it can stalk you for days. Like, this thing is insane. And the ones that are further down in the U.S., in the warmer areas, it's possible that they are confusing what they think is a Wendigo sighting with another cryptid also known that has been known as a skinwalker. And no, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm saving it for another episode, but I'm really into the Wendigo right now. This is my jam. We are into, I was going to say, we are hashtag Wendigo right now. So if you have any interesting Wendigo stories, please submit that. Because Jess will be all over your Wendigo stories. Oh, yes. Like, thank the gods my wink shipment came in. Because, like, I'm doing my notes. And I'm in a severe deep dive. I was, like, tipping the box of wine. Going, no. No, I I need more podcasting fuel. Yep. Yep. No, seriously. This this woman, she goes to bat for your stories, guys. Like, seriously. There's some late nights where I'm like, what are you doing? Go to bed, woman. (laughs) I, I scoured Reddit and YouTube and paranormal threads on boards, and I was finding websites that I'm pretty sure have been updated since, like, the 90s and early 2000s because they still had, like, word art banners. And We I was, kicked it old school in word art. That was, was shit back then. I loved word art. That was so much fun. I used to, like, print out word art, like, my, like math and... Stuff like that to put in my folders. and It's okay. We all had the Lisa Frank everything, too. I didn't have Lisa Frank. You didn't have Lisa Frank? I had Lisa Frank. And bio mom was crazy. You didn't buy me much Lisa Frank. My, my mom, which, by the way, hi, mom. She told me last night that she has... Uh, found out about the podcast, which I immediately went back and listened to all of our episodes to make sure I didn't say anything about my mom. And... (laughs) Hi, Mom. And she will be listening, so... Yeah. Hi, Mom. She bought me some Lisa Frank stuff, but I didn't have much Lisa Frank. Okay, back to my story. Oh, crazy. Before I share some of the most recent encounters, I discovered on a few Reddit threads and Some of these YouTube videos had me completely skeeved out, man. Um, Like, some of y'all, your voices are like this while you're telling about it. And I'm just like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh. It's a creepy story. You don't need to talk like that. Please stop. Right. 
I'm going to back up to 1907 when a man named Algernon Blackwood, which, by the way, that's an awesome name, wrote a short story called The Wendigo, in which he recounts the tale of a hunting party that ventured into the Canadian backwoods and returned significantly changed by their encounter. No, I have not gotten my hands on a copy of the story yet, but I 100% plan to. Like, I'm going to try. Um, she will. When she says she tries, she, she will. She will. Around the same time in northwestern Ontario, a member of the Cree tribe named Jack Fiddler told a Methodist minister about his ability to defeat Wendigos. Well, word got around about the supposed Jack the Wendigo Slayer, to which in his lifetime he claimed to have had 14 kills. He killed, claimed to have killed 14 Wendigo. Now, I couldn't find out how old this Jack Fiddler was. But still, 14 Wendigos in your lifetime sounds like 14 too many. Uh, I'd be lucky with one, but let alone 14. Jesus. A Cree shaman insisted that by snuffing out these locals before they turned, he was indeed saving many lives. Well, apparently someone didn't agree, and Jack and his brother Joseph were later arrested arrested and imprisoned for the murder of a woman before she transformed. Let's think about that. Oh, Jesus. Before she transformed. Like, you just pop up one day and be like, that bitch is shady. She must be a Wendigo. Quick, right. kill her before she transforms. Like, that don't make no sense to me. Like, I'm saying, like, a lot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day with when you think about it all these people that they killed you don't see my air quotes but they're there killed because they were wendigos they all killed before they transformed so how many of these were just like personal vendettas like oh this woman that i killed is was a wendigo Okay, guys, sorry about that. Uh, we had some puppy issues with the sweet, sweet Sophie. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, shady bitches getting offed because dude thought she was a Wendigo. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> we have Wendigo. We uh, have Wendigo. We have Wendigo. I think I'm just going to say Wendigo, 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 Wendigo. Like six times fast now. I feel like that might be an issue, like, if it's anything like Bloody Mary or anything, saying it that many times might not be a good thing. Oh, well, oh shit, I have a mirror next to me. Okay, well, if you guys never hear from me again, if she suddenly gets a new co-host, you know what happened. Why is it every time we get to a paranormal episode, we realize that this might be the way one of us died? Because it is going to be one of our deaths. You realize. Yeah, probably. All right, so back to Jack and Joseph Fiddler. They were arrested and imprisoned for the murder of the last woman they killed before she transformed. Jack escaped and later hung himself. His brother Joseph died of consumption days before days before he would have been released on appeal. Like, dude was about to be released, and nope, TB saw that that was not going to happen. Um, so now we're going to 
move a little closer to now and list off some of the many pop culture references that our beloved Wendigo has been in. In This one you'll like. This one you'll like. In 1973, it appeared in Marvel Comics. In fact, it appeared in the Incredible Hulk comics where it fought the Hulk and Wolverine. Holy crap, I did not know that. That's awesome. And now Jace is online looking for a comic book. It has appeared on numerous TV shows like Charmed, Grimm, and Supernatural. Season 1, Episode 2, in case you were wondering. (laughs) I can't help it. I really love Supernatural. Um, And in 2015, it became the main character in its own video game called Until Dawn. It's for PS4, so I'm not going to be playing it anytime soon because I play Xbox, not PS4. I've heard really good reviews about it, though, but yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, that, see, that was also a problem when I was, like, looking for encounters on Reddit. It kept popping up with, like, Wendigo encounters on Until Dawn, or it's also a character in, Fa- in the game Fallout 76. It appears as one of the creatures, and... Whenever I'd put in Wendigo encounters, it was like, oh, encounter this creature on, so- and I only had was this level with this weapon, and I'm like, wait, what? Wh- why did you have a bottle cap find in the w- middle of the Ontario woods? Oh wait, never mind. This is a video game. This is why. <laughs> Anything goes. But I did find one, and I messaged the person on Reddit to see if I could use the story, even though Reddit is, you know, open forum and you can use the story regardless. I'd like to be polite like that. But, unfortunately, I did not hear back from them. So I'm going to go ahead and go with this. The username is May, M-A-Y 1400 1400 M-A-Y 1400 if that is your username and you hear this, please contact me because I have so many questions. So basically it talks about when she lived in North Carolina, she was 15 years old and basically didn't even like believe in ghosts or anything because she's 15 years old. Who really thinks about that stuff besides like me at 15 years old? I was about to say, you thought about that at 15 years old? But she was at this local summer camp, and it was just, like, a normal day. Like, there was nothing weird going on. She'd been there for, like, two weeks, and it was just, like, whatever. Well, they played this game called Scatter, where basically the camp counselor would yell, Scatter, and everyone would take off running and hide. And then they had to go around and find everybody. Well, she ran as far as she could and still be able to see the lake at the camp which apparently that was the rules you had to be able to see the lake so you weren't like too far yeah and she found a huge uprooted tree and decided to be a perfect hiding place she laid down as close to the ground as she could against you know up against the ground wiggled her sway like up underneath it and was there for about five minutes when suddenly she heard a voice calling her name but it was like this weird dreamy voice And I forgot to mention, the Wendigo can mimic people's voices and animal sounds, and yeah, I forgot that part. that's where I'm not okay with the Wendigo. Nope. 
But she, like, heard this voice calling her name, but it was, like, this weird, dreamy voice. And it wasn't just any voice. It was her mom's voice. Like, she's laying on the ground under a tree stump, and she hears what sounds like her mom is calling her. Now, it says that her and her mom are, like, super close, so she would know her voice, like, anywhere. And she swears on her grave that it was, without a doubt, her mom's voice. But she knew it couldn't be her mom, because her mom was over 20 miles away at work. And even if it had actually been her mom, come pick her up early, the voice wasn't coming from towards the lake. It was coming from further out in the woods beyond the border of the camp. Nope. nope, At this point, she knew she should have run away from this strange mimic mom voice, but couldn't. It became almost hypnotic and messed with her thoughts and made her think things like, well, what if it is mom? What if she's hurt? I have to go to her. And all this stuff was just, like, flooding her mind, and she was really overwhelmed, and she took off running into the direction that the voices were coming from. Ran as far as she could, and the only thing she could think was, like, like, what's wrong with my mom? And she kept hearing this strange voice, and she kept running towards it for, like, anywhere from five to seven minutes when she got to this big clearing, and the voice suddenly stopped. When she entered the clearing, she didn't hear the mom's voice calling anymore and could finally think clearly again and started to have, like, little alarm bells going off in her head, like, uh, you idiot, that's not your mom, run away. Yeah, exactly. But couldn't run and didn't even know where to run. She had gone so far, she was, she had lost sight of the lake by the camp and had absolutely no idea where she was. And at this point, she's 15 years old and just, like, ran as hard as she could for, like, a solid seven minutes at least. So she's exhausted and out of breath. So she just sat down and tried to catch her breath. No sooner than she sat down, more like warning bells, you know, like that prickly on the back of your neck, feeling in your gut. And she did like this 360 look around the clearing and noticed a strange noise. It wasn't a continuation of the voice, but it's like this distant sound of chattering teeth. You know, like when you're cold and your teeth chatter, except it was the middle of June in North Carolina. What? That's absolutely terrifying. Uh, No, 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 I don't give it any of that. No. Like, that's just a hard no. No. Just no. And she thought, well, there's no way anyone could be that cold. And then she started hearing, like, leaves and sticks crunching on the edge of the clearing and realized that something was watching her. And then whatever it was moved, like, really super fast in circles around the clearing, like it was circling prey. And it was at that moment she knew whatever it was had led her out there to be away from the group. You know, like, predators getting off the one that strayed, like, off to its own. And at that point she realized she had no other option but to try and escape. She took off in the direction that she thought she had come from and sprinted as fast as she could and kept hearing the chattering of teeth and, like, sticks crunching behind her. She said she didn't know what to do and didn't dare turn around to see what was chasing her because she knew that if she did slow down, it wouldn't. And it felt like a lifetime that she was just running away from this thing before she saw the lake. And even though she didn't think she had could run that fast she ran faster than she ever had in her entire life when she broke the tree line and ran to the lake where she knew her friends were at that point she felt safe enough to stop and look back just to see what had been chasing her 
but she only saw a fleeting form running back the way she had came and in the distance could still hear the chittering teeth. When she finally found her counselor, who was the seeker, went to find everyone. She was hysterical with fear and hugged him, like hugged her as tight as she could. It was like, when she finally calmed down, she, the counselor tried to get her, you know, what happened? And she just asked, were you calling my name? Were you calling my name? Before she even said anything, I knew the answer. After all, it had been my mom's voice that led me away from everyone else. But what she replied was so much more bone-chilling to me. She told me, no one called for you. We didn't even know where you were gone. Everyone's still hiding. The game wasn't oh, over. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Like, May 1400, I don't know who you are, but uh-uh. No. Honey, no. So, no. I'm going to end the story with a touch of advice. If you ever find yourself face-to-face with this creature, according to legend, it is impossible, almost impossible, to escape a Wendigo attack because they're hunters by nature and possess supernatural speed and self stealth and have an insatiable hunger for human flesh. If you happen to slip away, you will not be safe inside. The monster will stalk you and it can unlock doors and slip inside your home and it will devour all inside. It can unlock my door? Yeah, it can unlock your door. It's like the raptors from Jurassic Park. No, no. I I think this entire episode, I'm just going to say no. I told you. And it will also, like, in its spirit form, can invade your dreams and possess you. And if it can't get into your dreams right away, like, if you have, like, a strong mental block like some people do, it will stalk you for long periods of time and basically just fuck with your head to wear down your mental health to make it easier to possess you. Modern-day firearms will not do anything. Like, they're not an option unless you happen to have some silver bullets laying around. And let's face it, unless you're Sam or Dean Winchester, you don't. Yeah, exactly. You nope, have to. you don't. You have to use a silver knife, or some things said a, like, stainless steel knife coated in silver was acceptable, but I don't have time to state, like, coat knife with silver if I'm getting ready to kill this thing. So, you know, we're breaking into Grandma's silverware drawer. You have to <laughs> you have to pierce like, stab into its frozen heart and make sure to shatter it. You have to gather those pieces up and put them in a silver box and then go bury it in a church cemetery. Then with a silver plated axe or the same silver knife you pierced its heart with because let's face it, you don't have a silver plated axe either. Most of y'all don't even have an axe, and if you do, I don't want to know why. It's creepy. Because yeah, nowadays, exactly. nowadays you don't need you an axe unless you're mid- unless you live in the middle of nowhere. You really don't need an axe, okay? You really don't. And you have to dismember the body and salt and burn the pieces. And if you miss a single step of it, it's possible the Wendigo can regenerate, resurrect itself, and it will hunt you down and inflict a slow and agonizing death. Because that's what we need. Oh, Lord. So now that everybody's uh, having nightmares about the Wendigo tonight, what's your story? Uh, I don't even know where to start on mine now at this point. <laughs> I told you, like, when I started thinking about it, I was like, creepy camps? What, 
haunted campgrounds, you know, I've gone camping a lot, and I've never thought about ghosts being out there. I've always thought about, like, you know, a creature's going to eat me, except, you know, being from Georgia, it was like a mountain lion or a bear. That's true. But now I'm in Michigan, so I have to add Wendigo to my list. (laughs) Well, mine was actually uh, a actual crime that happened uh, in the early 1900s. So mine is a campground that you can still go to, and you can um, go ahead and get, like, rent picnic tables and stuff like that, and you can hang out with your, you know, your ghost of a woman who was brutally murdered and drowned in the lake. And it also inspired a lot of different things as well. So mine is going to be, it's Big Moose Lake in Upper State New York. That's where we're going today. I'm not. Woo! I bet they have Indigo too. Well, they they call it the the murders of Big Moose Lake, and it was a Wendigo. It, it was a guest. <laughs> it was also it. extremely scandalous murder, and I did my background research as well on the uh, on the, the the standards, I guess, practices of the early 1900s. So basically, it was the most scandalous murder ever to take place in the upstate New York. Um, it was the murder of Grace Brown in July of 1906. And it also, like I said, it inspired a bunch of books. It inspired the novel An American Tragedy uh, by Theodore Dreisers. And it also inspired A Place in the Sun with Elizabeth Taylor. So, it, like I said, famous, famous murder. I've seen um, that movie. I love me some Lewis Taylor. Exactly. I thought you might like this one, actually. So Bring it on! I'm going to be thinking about Elizabeth Taylor this entire time now. Like, when I'm playing this out in my head, it's going to be Liz Taylor. (laughs) So, it started out as an innocent love story. So, here's where it gets scandalous. So, in the early 1900s, the standards back then for women were shit. I mean, you know that. I mean, it's... They're not too high now. I mean... Honestly... I got the sad part is honestly they haven't changed too terribly much to some extent. We can um, vote. That's about <clears throat> it. Well, it was she came from a Christian background and she basically she was working for a farm. Um, her name was Grace Brown. Um, she was working for the farm and then eventually she got a job at a skirt factory. That's where she met Chester Gillette, who's going to be a the what nephew. factory. A skirt factory. Okay, I the thought Gillette you said a screw factory. factory. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty scandalous. I mean, it, it, it got worse with that. but Screw factory screw sounds factory? Screw factory sounds like the name of a really bad, like, gay club. Um, please never own a gay club. I call it the screw factory. Now tell, the me that does not, tell me that does not sound like a really skeezy you really don't want to go there club. Tell me it doesn't. Uh, we're not going to the screw factory. So anyway, <laughs> back to the paranormal. Y'all can talk to Jess about your screw factories later on. Um, oh, don't so. don't talk to me about your screw factories. No, that sounds <laughs> bad. I don't want to hear about your screw factories. Okay, ladies, gentlemen, so or let me singles. Let me paint the picture of this lovely young couple 
who fell in love, and the Gillettes were actually very a higher upper class family. Like I said, they earned the factories. Factories were starting to come up around that time, and she came from a dairy farm. So when they bo- they began dating, they they were go hard or go home. So she wound up pregnant. So well, that's what happens when you go hard. And she tried to go home with him. Oh no. So she called him, she uh, wrote him numerous times, begging for him to marry her, because as the underwent mother of the early 1900s, that was highly looked down upon. Highly. I'm surprised her family didn't send her off to one of those, like, scary nun homes. Where, like That was also a, a possibility. What ended up happening, so here's where the big thing comes com- comes in. She was only 18. He was 23 at the time as well. Um, well I mean, so back then, that wasn't that big of a difference. I mean, back then, they would get married at, like, 15 to people who were almost 30. But being 18 and unmet mother, mother, that's going yeah. to look really bad for your family. Unfortunately, they really cared about that during that time. Yeah, they didn't really care about you. It was more like, no. um, that looks bad on us, so you can't do that. And the Gillette's wanted nothing to do with it. So, the thing is, though, he eventually complied and actually decided to take her on a romantic outing to the Adrenalox in July. Alright. Alright, one second. My glass is in. Oh, no. No need for elevator music, folks. I just brought the whole bottle in. It's a screw top, so it's easy. It's fine. I had the bottle of vodka in here last night, so, you know. So, alright, so we have the classic Romeo-Juliet love story. Each of the families don't like each other. She gets pregnant. Now he's he's kind of freaking out here. He's not but okay. He, but he agrees to take her on a romantic outing. Yep, that's what he decided to do. And she I don't feel like it's going to be too romantic. She assumed that he was going to just go ahead and propose. Well, she couldn't be from further from the truth, unfortunately. They actually took a train out there to a big lake, um, which comes into our campground here. Um, around Moose Lake, there was a, there was a lot of high country, um, a lot of things to do, and they were able to rent a canoe together and spend the afternoon. Aww. The weird part about this is that he took all of his belongings on the train, and he took it into the canoe with him. Okay, that's kind of weird, bro. She, on the same trip, did not have anything with her. Well, that's because she just kind of was going on a trip. She didn't need everything. Why would he be dragging a trunk into a canoe? So, first real issue, kind of... He's going to put her in the trunk. Well, you're, you're almost there. He, um... He actually, what he ended up doing is he he paddled so far out to the lake that they supposedly got lost. And what he ended up doing was that he unpacked a tennis racket from his suitcase. What are you going to do with a tennis racket? And smashed her with the tennis racket and threw her in the lake. Dear Jesus. Despite all of that, the actual fish cause of death, Grace Brown, was actually drowning. She was still alive during this. Oh, that poor So, girl. can you recall angry ghosts, angry spirits, depending on the violence that happened during the murder? If she didn't and she was die. pregnant, too, so that just, like, adds to the trauma. 
They actually, so what he did, he fled to a nearby hotel with the suitcase, took his stuff with him, left the body in the lake, and eventually it floated to the top. The New York newspaper was able to go ahead and do an article. The autopsy was revealing the bruises on her head and the four-month-old fetus inside of her. Okay, once again, ways not to dispose of a body. Do not throw them in water. That no. stuff, it, it floats. It did. It did. And so even if you weigh it down, it, pieces are going to come off during decomp and float up, and you're going to get caught. So she, there was, there was, he didn't even try with this. I mean, he pulled out a tennis racket. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out the tennis racket. Like, how do you beat somebody with a tennis racket? It was the most sensational murder at the time. Hundreds and hundreds came to witness the trials. Famous newsman of the day, like Bat Matterson, actually came from New York City. During the trial, the defense Brown had jumped. Had, uh, during the trial, the defense had said that Brown had jumped into the lake, committing suicide, pointing to the letters that Brown had, had written to Lett when she was begging for him to stay with her during the pregnancy. Um, so she said some stuff. I read a few of the letters. She did say that she was possibly suicidal during it, but there was no real proof that she would have just jumped in pregnancy the middle hormones. of the lake. Pregnancy hormones make you say some crazy shit. Exactly. Uh, pregnancy hormones. Pregnancy no. hormones make you do crazy shit. Um, but thing is with Gillette, he was pretty. He was a pretty fucked up guy. He had actually gotten kicked out of two boarding schools when he was a kid, and for for near violent crimes. And during the entire trial, he smiled and was reportedly calm as his sentence was handed down when he was found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to death by the electric chair. Dude, that's bonkers. Like, you're fixing to be strapped into old Sparky and you're just grinning? You are a psycho, bro. On his last day of Earth, he did confess to the murder to his spiritual advisors at the prison, but they never revealed the exact details. His body was moved to Soul Cemetery, where it was buried unmarked, and the plot had a, a road paved over it, and the exact location of the grave is officially unknown. He deserves mm. that. He deserved that. You get paid He really over. did. He really you did. son of a bitch. The murder of Grace's influence, um, like I said, the, uh, the books, the ballad of the Big Moose Lake, the 1951 movie, A Place in the Sun, of course. And the 1925 novel American Tragedy, a 1926 play, and a 2005 opera of the same name. The the young uh, the young woman was was she got her justice, but the supernatural occurrences that keep happening is that they would see um, her drag herself across the lake itself in very very clear view. That's um, a big note. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I went to Sunday school. Only Jesus is supposed to walk on water, not dead chicks. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, people do see that they do see a ghost of a man holding a tennis racket. So tennis if you see racket. a man with a tennis racket at 1 o'clock in the morning, you should probably not. And there was a also a psychic named Lu- Lucia um, that told the New York Times, I understand why ghosts haunt the lake in 2006. She had actually had 
um, the possibility of the dead woman, Grace, um, possess her body during a seance. Oh, my. But yes, that is my paranormal story I've got for you today. That's, that's bonkers. Like, we got creatures in the woods gonna eat us, and dead folks walking on water. Note to um, self, don't knock people up, and don't hit them with tether jackets. And don't go in the woods when it's cold, because something's gonna eat you. You know what, just stay out of the woods. Just, just stay, stay out of the woods. woods. Yeah, that's... Recently, because of, you know, COVID, yay, we've done good not discussing it at all in this episode, but I've got to bring it up. Um, you know, social distancing, people are talking about going hiking, and I'm like, no, don't do that. There's bad things in the woods. You don't know what's out there. Don't no. do it. Don't do it. Just just stay at home, folks. I mean, even if it's not a pandemic, just stay at home. You're just going to get eaten or murdered by crazy boyfriends, which let's I'm be still real, stuck on that. I'm, st- I'm still stuck on the tennis extreme. racket. I mean, don't date tennis players. Yeah, grinder guys are bad. I have no idea what you're talking about, about grinder guys. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> you lie. Well, you know. Just a little bit. <laughs> so that's our uh, paranormal episode this week. And thanks for listening, guys. It's been grand. We're on episode four. And checking now, we're up to about, thir- we're almost at 40 total plays for our three episodes. And that's pretty ecstatic because I didn't expect to get like two. So. Yeah, we're we we've, we're realistic. We know you guys are just starting to listen. If you guys have tips or different things you guys want to, you know, like hear from us, um, definitely let us know on that Facebook page. Let us know on your Instagram that you're listening, and we, you know, the different stories you want you want to talk about. Um, we may even have later episodes where we may have interview you if you've had a paranormal circumstance. Give us May fourteen hundred. We're talking to you. Please. Please talk to me about the Wendigo. Please. Please. Please talk to Jess. Just talk to Jess in general. We're going a little crazy here. And she's waking me up early in the morning to just talk. So please. I had way too much coffee this morning while I was working on getting our episodes onto YouTube, which, by the way, we're going to be on YouTube. Not us, just like a picture. Because you don't want to see our faces, I promise. You really don't want to see our faces for many Especially reasons. not when we record, because I'm, like, in a bathrobe and Doctor Who pants and kitty cat slippers, and we're not even talking about Jace right now, so... You'll find out all about that later on, y'all, but... If you if you it. go on to uh, Anchor and, you know, make a monthly donation, you can get that clip of him and his craziness. We won't tell you anymore because we don't want to let anything out. But Definitely. Help us out. We know you definitely... We don't um, have a Patreon that... yet, but you can help us out on Anchor. So, alright. that's Thanks for listening. This has been Jess. And this is Jace. And you've been listening to Bad Nerves. And Box Wine. Have a good day, y'all. Bye.
And that was our podcast, Bad Nerves and Boxed Wine. You can also listen to us on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're working on getting iTunes and iHeartRadio. But for now, thanks for listening. Be sure to send us an email or even comment and tell us what you think at badnervesandboxedwine at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks.